This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Judy Cho, and I am board certified in holistic nutrition. I focus on root cause healing, and oftentimes that starts with a meat only elimination diet for gut healing. This episode, I was able to sit down with Danny Vega. Danny and Maura are good friends of mine, and Danny is a truth seeker. He is a keto coach advocate. Danny has a poli sci degree from University of Columbia, and he has his master's of science in human performance from the University of Florida. Danny loves to biohack. How to have peak performance with diet, with exercise. And we get into a lot of that in this discussion. What I love about Danny is he is all about being honest, being genuine, and just helping people get to true healing. I hope that this conversation helps you to find your healing and helps you to just see things for what they are. Let's get right into the conversation. Hi, Danny. I'm so, so excited for you to be on. I've always been a fan and then with open arms,、uh, loved on any of the content I brought up. So you've always been super supportive and I love your family. So if you could introduce yourself to the people that are listening and watching. Well, first of all, the feeling's mutual. And,、um, you know, I got so much love for you too, Judy. I think you're an amazing person.、Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Danny Vega. I started、uh, the ketogenic diet back in 2016. And it was out of necessity because I had just dieted for several months after having pulled out of my last powerlifting meet and, and gotten really injured. I, pulled, I tore a meniscus and I had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I needed to lose weight because I knew that that would help me feel better. And I lost all this weight doing a different type of diet and I was miserable towards the end. And there was always my little buddy in the back of my ear telling me about ketogenic diets. And so, Uh, I finally gave it a shot and I, 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 it was amazing. It was instantly, I felt my inflammation go down. I felt younger. I felt all those years of training and playing on AstroTurf on, in college football, you know, that wear and tear, it had, it had lifted. And so I got obsessive and I, I started I, the ketogenic diet with Brian in, in August of 2016, just two months after starting the diet. And here we are now. I, my, my specialty, I guess you would say, is. Really,、um, performance nutrition. So, whether it be bodybuilding or sports performance, that's what I've explored the most. Doing this with the family, really trying to find ways to not push things on our children and avoid problems. And, and we share that you know, on our podcast and on our platform. And then, of course, the mindset aspect of all of this, because so many people, thankfully, are on that same page now, understanding how important. It is to not be neurotic and to. I just did a,、um, a presentation last night for our VIP coaching clients on habit stacking. And it's amazing how, you know, if you just get those really important things down,、uh, and I know we'll get more、um, detailed today, but those big things down, like sleeping enough, you know, eating the foods that agree with you, and, you know, going to sleep and waking up at the same time, eating at the same time. Those things you can see people that you know you see them, you're just like, How do you do it? And they're they don't 
They won't tell you that they eat a ketogenic diet, even though they probably eat a ketogenic paleo type of diet, but they're so good at getting those really, really high importance things done that it's like, it's like second nature. Um, and so I think that that mindset as well of not looking at this as a sprint, looking at it as a lifestyle, those are the types of things that I like to talk about. Yeah. And I am fully on the same page. I think that's where Carnivore 75 Heart both spoke to both of us. It's a lot of the, the mental aspect, you know, working with a lot of clients over time, a lot of it is when people think, oh, I'm always going to be sick or diets work for everyone but me. And all of these thoughts are always what makes people kind of stay in the same spot. And so I, I completely agree. And I love the habit stacking and just even getting some keystone habits. I think Charles Duhigg talked about that in one of his oh, habit yeah. books, but yeah, you know, you book. get one habit, right. And then it bleeds into the rest of your life. And I think it's so important in the carnivore space, you know, um, there are sayings like abs are made in the kitchen. And I know that for some carnivores, when they eat this way for a year or two, they're still a little you know, they still have a little bit of love handles. Like what is going on there? You think that they're not able to become like a Sean Baker or like a Danny Vega? Well, I wouldn't be able to like, it's such a broad thing that I wouldn't be able to specifically, but I'll I'll say this is what I think because I'll never forget in 2018 KetoCon, I was out in in one of the breakout rooms and I was Mm -hmm. speaking and I had this woman that, you know, to this day, I remember her, I actually saw her the year after as well. And she was just so vibrant, so grateful for what Carnivore had done for her. And she's like asking me this question. And she says, I've gained 30 pounds and it's not muscle, you know, but I sleep the best I've ever slept in my life. And, um, you know, all these things. And she does by no means does she look obese because Mm -hmm. I do do think at the same time, we have to be careful about trying to... um, mix aesthetics with, you know, things that are obviously symptoms of something being wrong. Okay. Um, But, you know, in her case, she looked amazing. You know, this is a woman who was probably perimenopausal or, you know, having, you know, pretty much been done with her, with her whole cycle in in her life. Uh, But her skin was amazing. Her hair was amazing. And all the things that she spoke about. And I really, it bothered me, you know, in the back of my mind, um, because, I don't want to be the one to tell people this, but I, I'm left with so few options for what that's going to be. I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. That I think, you know, it's kind of like going back to kindergarten and talking to my boys and saying, you know, like God makes us all different shapes and sizes, you know, and um, I think that we have to, of course, there's always going to be a few priorities that people have. People want to look good and feel good. Um, but then what if the way you look best in your mind or because of the way you think people, uh, judge looks and how that relates to your health, that, that people start to sacrifice some of these other things. We are so focused on physical things Mm -hmm. that it's, it's obviously, you know, a lot, it gets us in trouble in several areas. I would say that definitely if we're just talking, you know, typical person where, you know, the middle of that bell curve, abs are made in the kitchen, you know, and, and, and at the same time, I would be that one to say, hey, let's keep on trying this. Let's let's go into something else. Let me let's let's seek another opinion. Let's talk to Judy. Judy knows what she's doing with this stuff. Like maybe there's something that we're missing. What else can we see when we find out that everything is just like top notch? How do you feel? Right. You feel great. You look great. If it's a specific Specific to hormones, we know that number one, we're very stressed, very, very stressed, the most stressed we've ever been. Number two, we know that when we do go through perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal, we become even more, uh, women become even more um, reactive to stress. And so certain things like even just a starch in the evening mm-hmm. can, can help so much. You know, they don't know about inverted cortisol levels. They, they wonder why they wake up in the morning and they're groggy and tired and then they're tired and wired at night. But, you know, something so simple as, as, as having a starch with dinner and not being tied to the label of what's this going to be? What is this going to make me? Where am I going to fall now? I'm like, I don't know where to go. Um, you, you may find that there are certain things that can help. You know, sometimes some of these women, 
even if, if they're too hungry, they're going to spike cortisol, yeah. you know? So, um, so I think that's something that to, to consider as well, where someone would be like, wait, I thought I was supposed to lower carbs more. I thought I was supposed to fast more, you know, at least some of them are at the point where people are saying, stop cutting the calories. That's, we got to stop with that one. But some of them still don't get that, um, don't put it together with, with the fasting stuff, you know, and, and understanding that that, that is a stressor as well. And if your right. allostatic load is overflowing, you have too much, your stress bucket's too full, then you're not going to be in a position to burn fat. So that would be something to consider that I think more people should be talking about. I do know that there's a lot of people that do come from a place of under eating. And then when they start eating sufficiently, they do gain weight. I do think there is truth that not everyone's going to be a size zero model, right? I mean, I started eating carnivore and I gained some weight. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, well, you're thin enough. But, you know, in my book, it wasn't thin enough. But I know that all of my symptoms, I sleep through the night, I have normal stool, skin, hair, the, all of that. So then I can't really complain. Maybe my body wants to be this way, right? So I definitely agree symptoms. So for that lady, if she, her symptoms were all good, then maybe that is the weight her body wants to be. I know people don't want to hear that, especially when what's in front of us with media, with social media, with all of these things. But I don't know if we necessarily all need to look that way. I mean, health a long time ago was there was a little bit of fat because that's where we store our extra hormones in case we need them. But what about people that have been under eating? I, I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use this analogy because I used to be really big on adding sodium to people's Mm -hmm. diets because I just felt like nobody gets enough sodium, which I still think that's true. But now I'm more nuanced because the more stuff I read, you know how that goes, Judy. Like you go down these rabbit holes and you're like, oh my gosh, sodium, this, I'm actually seeing that sodium could be an issue here and here. But I would notice that I would really, I would have them track their sodium intake and it would be way too low, you Mm -hmm. know, and we're electrical, you know, we need these, these electrolytes. And so I would add the sodium in it that would always find that they would have a little bit of a bump in weight, but it would subside and it would equal out. It it would, Mm -hmm. it would basically come back to baseline over whatever, a week or two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes to my clients, I have a bare minimum that I have to go to. And if I see when I'm talking to this person and we do, when they fill out the intake that it's just, oh my gosh, this is so low. This looks like an emergency to me. We need to bring this up. And so I have a bare minimum equation that just gives me a good place to start that that way we can observe. Most of the time, you know, with people who under eat, which I find often with the women, right. um, that it's not that much of a difference. And so they're like, you know what, they see something that's coming up in the future. And they're like, Oh, I know he's going to start cutting them. So I might as well just do what he says. And they're going to go down, even though they don't know that I'm, I'm so conservative with my, my mm-hmm. caloric deficits. Um, certain people, depending on the rate of loss, I'll, I'll start putting in refeed days, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm giving them like 25 to 30% more calories, you know, twice a month. But there is a, a there is going to be a, a time where if they're really, really low and they're starting with me that if, if they're really low, I'm just going to have to say, listen, we have to do this. You know, no matter what, I promise you, you don't want to be that person who's only walking around with $5 and two cents and everything that you buy is $4.99. And you're just, you're just like, just got enough. One of my clients, Matt, who had lost 40 pounds in about four months, it was perfect my favorite is like about two pounds a week, you know, when there's lots of weight to lose, that's like, that's, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, and he was stuck at the same weight for two weeks and I just wasn't comfortable lowering his calories anymore. So I just had him test his blood sugar, fasted the next couple of days and he was coming back 99, 100, 102. And all I did, I said, listen, the next three days, I want you to just take some berberine before 500 milligrams of berberine before both of your meals and go for a walk after dinner. And let's see what happens. And sure enough, you know, he he started after three days later, it was coming back 88, 90. And he lost an average of 2.7 pounds for the next two weeks after a plateau. And right. so the reason I bring that up is like, you know, you want to be able to use all of your tools. And, you know, caloric deficits are just one. Look at what we did. We put his body in a, a much more beneficial environment to burn fat. Right. And I, I'm very big on, you know, educating my clients. They crack up and they always tell me they like it. So it's okay. Burning fat is, is about 
b- believe it or not, it's not about all about calories. It's not, <laughs> you know, I like it, it is ultimately about energy balance, mm-hmm. but that's a different thing than calories in and calories out. Be telling them, how do you burn fat? Do you know the, the most, you, you know, you burn fat through your breath, you know, right. and you know, you're sleeping and you know, your body's in this sympathetic state, you know, your heart rate is higher, you're stressed, you're not burning fat. And so don't you want to be less stressed? Don't you want to not have to work more, which could potentially, of course, make things even worse? <laughs> so let's bring those calories up. And so what I think is the bottom line for everybody, my message is very cut and dry. We got to get your calories up. You're going to love it when you can walk around and eat on average four or 500 calories more than you were, and you're going to be able to maintain your body weight. Because if not, every time you bring those calories up in any way, you're going to gain weight and you're not going to like that. Also, I find that um, I have to be more, give them more to do on a lifestyle side mm-hmm. to really work with those changing um, circadian rhythms. Yeah. We got to work with them. So, some, some of them, p- postmenopausal, if you're tired, take a nap. You know, it's okay to take a nap. Like I, I've never been able to do it. I wish I could work with your circadian rhythms. Another one that I think just helps people in that, you know, menopausal, postmenopausal is walk as much as possible and do it at a leisurely pace. Do not go hard. And when you train, don't train too hard. That's another one that I have to tell them, especially if they were a type A person who is used to crushing it. You have to understand you really are going to have to listen to your body. And when you get tired, you know, you're going to have to be rest based, rest based training, which is something that um, I learned from Dr. Jade Tita. Then I'm, I'm helping them understand that we have to change our mindset about how we're getting there. It's not through I need to burn more calories. It's through I need to fix my body as far as keeping it in a very low stress environment and allow it to do what it does best. It, it knows how to use fat as energy. I'm going to support that with my diet, but I really have to support that with the way I train and my lifestyle and, and, and just being knowing where I am in my life. People say that on ketogenic diets, they just can't perform as well in the gym um, that, you know, you need carbs to be able to function well at the gym. What are your thoughts? You know, because we've already, we've gone through the first several phases of the ketogenic diet, as far as like you know, popularity. This thing is pretty, pretty well known. I mean, it's to the point where a lot of people have done a a keto phase or two. And um, how is it that people still, and I really was saying this all the way back in 2018, when I created ketogenic muscle intelligence with Mm -hmm. my buddy, Ben Pokolsky, you know, I remember back then, one of the things was, let's talk about how to do it. And let's talk about the importance of matching your training with your diet. So for example, the first thing you have to understand that let's, let's just completely forget about the adaptation period because, you know, in the adaptation period, of course, that's going to happen. And my only recommendation for that is to look into something like a super starch. Mm -hmm. I really find that that is great. It's a non-GMO, um, it is a, a cornstarch, but it's it's non-GMO and it's basically the most complex carbohydrate ever created. You know, if you look at it on paper, it's it's unbelievable how long it is. And it does not increase your insulin levels. It does not increase your your blood sugar levels. And and it's something that I find would be a great bridge for someone who can't use carbs, but then at the same time they're they're producing ketones but they're not really using them so of course their muscles are flat their glycogen levels haven't come back yet i find that this is something that it will it's you know has been shown and we actually did a a seven person case study that dr volick actually wrote a white paper on it if if you want i'll send it to you i don't know if i had told you about it but we just basically had seven people myself jamie seaman you know logan delgado people who have been doing this and who are well-trained. And we found that our blood sugar, our ketones, there was no difference from before and after. And, you know, like in the research that they've done, it it raises your glycogen level. So if you want something usable, think about that. Now let's get past that. Now we're just, you know, trying to lift and we're doing this. There were certain things people would say, don't change anything. Just train the way you can. Train the way you used to train. No, I, I do not agree with that. Not one bit. Because, for example, the faster study is a great example. That's one where we see, okay, this is clearly these people, when they get fat adapted, they're clearly 
number one, sparing glycogen because they're able to operate at a much higher intensity using fat as fuel. And that's great. But a lot of people stop there. And we don't talk about anything else. And it's like, we, we have handled that objection. You can do it. Look at this, you know? But I said, wait a second. You know, let's talk about, this is one study. These are endurance athletes. Let's look at glycolytic activity, repeated bouts, short rest. There's going to come a point where you cannot keep up with your energy needs using beta oxidation. It's just not enough, you know? And so what does that do? Well, the first thing is obviously you're going to get zapped. You're not, you're going to run out of gas. You're not going to do well. But the other thing is that because that's happening, your cortisol is going to go up. And now you, you've completely sworn off that post-workout hundred grams of sugar and whatever, because you know, that's bad. But then at the same time, that was going to bring your cortisol down. And I'm not saying that, you know, to eat hundred grams of sugar, but I'm just saying like, at the same time, the reason why you felt good before is because you would do these things. You would do drop sets. You would do super sets. You do all these things. And then you mitigated that cortisol by just that insulin bump, that massive insulin bump that you got from those terrible carbs that you ate, whatever they were, simple carbs. So what can we do? Number one, I look at it from sarcoplasmic hypertrophy and myofibrillar hypertrophy. Um, your typical bodybuilder is going to be sarcoplasmic. It's really, you know, it's that big round look. It's not as functional. When you find that someone's training that way, their, their strength levels will, will get up to a certain point and they'll level out, even though the hypertrophy will increase. Okay. Myofibrillar is going to be triggered with more heavy type of training, you know, lower reps, longer rest. You may not be as sore. So now you're like, oh, I'm not growing. I'm not as sore. But man, let me tell you, bang for your buck, it's the best thing to do. So that's the type of training that we're going to do. Sometimes we dip in and out of that more glycolytic training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but the more important thing is we're resting longer. And these are things that all take discipline. You know, you're switching in and out of the ability to switch in and out of, you know, parasympathetic and sympathetic is just a superpower. You know, all of a sudden you, you're, you're doing this in your training. You're hitting it super, super hard. At first, it was like, man, I hate resting two or three minutes between sets. What am I doing? I'm sitting here. And if you were disciplined and you weren't scrolling through your phone while you were resting and you were just getting your mind right, and when that timer goes off and you get back in and you completely internalize everything and you're focusing on that set completely, you're going to find just like you find when I give people deload weeks, you know, that, that I'm like, we're lowering the, the volume, we're lowering the intensity, the the, the weights, you're going to find that when you get into that groove and you come back from a deload week, you hit it harder. Mm. And when you come back into that set, you hit it harder. So it's a, it's, it's, that was what our intention was, was not only to provide that program that teaches you how to match your diet to your training, but also be proselytized about the importance of the type of training that you're doing, managing stress, and then how to troubleshoot. These are all things like the Schmeck. Have you ever heard of of the Schmeck? Mm -hmm. Um, Sleep, mood, energy, cravings, and I'm missing one, the H. Hunger, sleep, hunger, mood, energy, and cravings, right? Those are five ways in which our metabolism speaks to us and tells us a whole bunch of stuff, which is really cool because now if we see that we have cravings or if we see that our sleep is affected, there's all a bunch of stuff that we can learn from that. So I guess in, in, in closing with that, it's just, match your training to your diet, understand also that, yes, you're not going to become a pro bodybuilder doing a ketogenic diet because when you combine that, when you have a carbs, you know, that mTOR signal is going to be way higher and the insulin signal is going to be way higher. You're just going to be way more anabolic, you know, and so you're not going to see pro bodybuilders walking on stage at 250 pounds with a ketogenic diet. But at the same time, We've never seen anything like that. It's a ketogenic diet, which a lot of people is just going to be a typical person who really wants to put on some muscle. You will put on muscle. And I would say, based on some of the research that, you know, Ryan Lowry has done, yeah. that, you know, if you look at muscle thickness, it's it's better. If you look at, yeah, you used to do that bulk where you used to put on 20 pounds, you know, in, in four months, and now you only put on 10, but you don't have that extra fluff and, you know, the, the quality of that gain is more. My um, philosophy as far as like the pre and post, mm-hmm. I would keep the pre-workout carbs to no more than like 15 or 20. That's just my opinion. Grams? I've, 
Yeah, grams. Okay. Because, you know, I spoke to Dr. Benjamin Bickman about this, and he's the insulin guy, you know. Yeah. And Dr. Bickman, years ago, he's like, you don't want to have really high insulin levels when you're lifting. It really right. does mess up your contractions, you know. But on the other hand, on that post-workout, go for it with the car, you know, maybe something as much as 60, 70, 80, 100, depending on how big you are. You know, if you're that guy who's a friend of mine who used to be a powerlifter with me and you're like trying this ketogenic diet and you're still 280, 300 plus pounds, then, you know, for you, you know, sure, get that, you know, big bolus of carbs. But this time we're not going to do our Captain Crunch anymore. We're not going to do, you know, we're going to, it's going to be harder because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you to eat sweet potatoes or yams or, or something like that. And the, okay, so what I'm hearing is on days that you do lift, maybe the carbs afterward may be okay. And then on days that maybe you don't lift, maybe carbs are not necessary. Yes. At the same time, you know, Judy, you know how I am. I'm like, I'm, I don't know how to say things delicately. Like, you're not, you don't need a carb up, dude. Like, you didn't earn that. You know, like, did you really, really work that hard that you needed the carb up? I think a lot of people still don't know how to train that and go there in the gym. You may not need it. Start low and find that there's going to be a point. It's just like taking vitamin, uh, like B vitamins, you know? Start low, right. go to that point where you start to feel a little queasy, and then you know you've gone a little too far. <laughs> you know, same thing with these carbs. Start low. When you find that maybe you're hitting that either that point of diminishing returns or maybe going the other way where where you're putting on a little bit too much fat, then but the bottom line, the key to all of this is where you you and I agree is you have to know your body and you have to really customize this. Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. You know, one other thing that's been coming up in the carnivore space specifically is that a lot of men, um, I think Sean Baker, and I, I didn't even know this, but I guess he shared that his testosterone has decreased on a carnivore diet. And then a lot of men were like, see, this diet is an ideal long term. Um, some other men are saying the same thing. And I sometimes wonder if it's because they're not eating enough fat because of the endocrine system, they're too stressed and it's not supporting their testosterone. Uh, thoughts on it? What have you seen in terms of testosterone? Do you need carbs for testosterone? Man, this one, the research is so spotty. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Some of them will show like a 20 to 30% increase. Some of them will show, um, you know, the opposite. I think generally speaking, I'll use myself as an example. I had just done four months of hardcore dieting where the last several weeks I was eating 50 grams of fat. And then I oh, switched wow. to this. Okay. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I was eating this. Then I switched to this ketogenic diet and I'm eating so much more fat. But then at the same time, now knowing that one study that came out in 2018 towards the end that they presented in 2019, um, where they looked at, or 2019, they looked at the, the metabolic advantage of lowering carbs, you know, mm-hmm. where you saw that on average, especially if you had really high insulin before and you see that huge drop in insulin, yes. the metabolic advantage is, is even higher, right? right. When I did, when I switched to a ketogenic diet, I just went one for one calories Mm. and I started hemorrhaging body weight (laughs) and I I had to go up. So I had to go up over a month, 700 calories um, just to stop the weight loss. And so you may think, man, that's so weird. I don't feel as good. And maybe it is because your testosterone has dropped. Maybe something's involved there. I don't know what it is. But the bottom line is you're not eating enough now. Your new baseline has to be, who knows, as much as a thousand more. I mean, it's interesting how, you know, even even you on a daily basis, you know, you can eat 500 calories more, 500 calories less, and, and our body just knows how to average it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because even if you were to go by how you feel, if, especially if you're in the initial adaptation period, you're not going to feel well. And then people are going to say, see, this diet doesn't work. So it's so tricky. <laughs> When you work with clients more than any scientific study, 
that will show a lot more difference in real life situations than just seeing and citing a study. And the problem with a lot of the people on the internet is they become big enough that they don't work with individuals. So then they don't see what they're advocating for. They don't see the results and the wiggle room that there is. So sure. I'm sure some people's testosterone drops, maybe because you're overdoing exercise, CrossFit and living an unrealistic life in terms of the way we look and the way we eat and maybe not eating enough fat. That's normally part of the animal. And so maybe that could have, those could have been factors, but without working with people, you don't see these nuances that make the answer very complex. Right. And then people don't want to hear that answer. So there it's either like, so do I need carbs for testosterone? Yes or no. Right. Like it's people (laughs) want these simple answers and it's normally a lot more complex than that. But I do think that in general are, we are more stressed and the cortisol pathway, the steroid pathways start with cholesterol. Yes, we can produce some in our bodies, but if we just have more raw materials from the cholesterol, from egg yolks and butter and whatever else, and even in our meats. And as long as we are managing our stress, so our cortisol is not constantly high, that we're not constantly thinking of all the bad that's in the world, then maybe there will be leftover raw materials to go to our testosterone and our sex hormones. And so I think for every man and women that are having fertility issues or testosterone issues, it could be that our body's going to do the best with what it has. And in those instances, if you don't have enough raw materials, if you don't have enough stuff to protect you day to day, your body's going to shut down the part where you want to procreate because that's how the body's protecting you. And so for me, that's where I start. It may not be the answer for everyone. Some people may need to add carbs in the end. I haven't seen it too much, but I'm not saying I'm close off to it, right? I wish there was one answer. There just isn't, but you know, on the internet, people love to say these grandiose things of like, this is the way. And I would love to sell like that or share like that, but I am not wired that way. You can't, I'm the same. Like I'd be like, I can't believe I did that. Uh, I got to delete gone. I can't, I, I have positions that I'm very strong on. Sure. Um, but this is not one of them because the variability. Let's talk a little bit about the internet since we kind of brought it up a few times and we can talk about (laughs) other things after. Funny because I joined the online advocacy and nutrition um, a little bit, just like a little bit before the pandemic. So maybe a year in and it was, it was nice. It was nice to see community of people loving meat and sharing that saturated fats aren't bad, that keto is a good thing. And then all of a sudden- Even even arguing with vegans was cool. I was cool with that. Yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, I, I yeah. And so- And then the pandemic hit and, you know, people didn't know up from down in general, I I wondered, is it the fact that we don't know what is in our imminent future and then our cortisol skyrocketing and when our cortisol is high and then when it starts dropping, our bodies like go search for energy, easy access energy is a bunch of sugar. And so um, I don't know if that's part of the reason why Ray Pete's diet, which is a big advocate for eating plain sugar is okay. Um, I don't know about all of that, but what has come up with all of the shakeout is a lot of people in the carnivore space, maybe even keto, but carnivore space is very confused because they say one person says to do this. Another person says to eat this. So some people say eat high protein. Some people are like, you need high fat. Some people are saying you need liver. And some people are saying you don't. Now, some people are saying you need carbs for thyroid health and testosterone. And people are like, I don't know what to believe. And I'll just go back to the standard American diet. Why do you think this is happening? So I talked with Leanne um, from Healthful Pursuit and she said, and I thought it was really good, but she said, look, realistically, everybody that's an influencer that's coaching or selling things, they're a small business. And so they have to sell. And so people will hold on to certain things that they believe is their brand and will sell it, you know, and then the pandemic happened and some people are wondering, well, you guys are in the nutrition space. What is your stance on what's going on with the world? And um, you'll see some people have never in their account once admitted that a pandemic's even going on. Yeah. I think we were able to see a lot more colors in, and I'm sure even people think that of me, but I mean, you saw a lot more of people's personalities during this pandemic. I would never be surprised with you. Like on what I'm about to say. I, you have my complete word that my brain is completely empty. I'm not thinking of anybody okay. when I say okay. this. I'm just saying principally, I don't agree with not taking a stance. Last year is different than this year. Last year, 
I think everybody should give people some grace. You know, like we were all losing our minds, you know, things are becoming more black and white. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that because can we all just get along? But there's certain things that no, no, this is wrong. You know, like this is wrong. So because of we're getting a little bit off the health topic here for a second, because this is bigger than health, because, you know, when you when you look at manufactured consent, you know, and manufactured culture where, you know, you're walking around and you actually think that everybody disagrees with you because what you're seeing on TV. And so you go to the store and you're like, hey, everything you say, you whisper it because you don't know if the person is going to disagree with you or here. It's, you know, look, physical autonomy, you know, that's such a simple, no, you're not going to tell my kid to put this on his face. Thank you. I'll take it under consideration and I'll probably politely decline, but that's not the world we live in. So then we got into this thing where people were just fighting about all this stuff. And, and I just see it now for what it is, is just a tactic to divide people. And, you know, we, we've also lost, I did a a podcast on the trivium and the quadrivium. um, And I know you understand that because you Mm -hmm. had a classical education like I did, you know, we both had a classical education and we were both very fortunate to have that. And so because we had that classical education and because all the people that we went to school with and their parents had a classical education um, and look at the people that you went to school with, you know, you would you would say that this is the upper crust. Why are they not, you know, putting their kids in the regular school system? You know, there's a way to learn that we've completely lost. Logic and rhetoric have been completely gone from everything. There's not even application. There's just indoctrination. Pedagogical standpoint, Mm -hmm. it is indoctrination. It's literally putting information into people's heads and having them spit it out. This is not how we've ever learned. This is not how we produced Mozart. Like the guy who sequenced the genome, this guy was homeschooled. A lot of these people knew how to do other things. Sure. It's interesting that um, we see education now, the stated goal is that well-rounded and it's so inverted how it's the complete opposite because right. I, I would say that the, the in the past these people still specialized and then they still took up painting and, and had a knew how to play a guitar or, you know so we've we've we're no longer able to to have conversations with people and and disagree it's always like when I say you got to pick a side a, when you pick a side, it doesn't mean that you're going to kill the other side. You're not going to right. war. You know, I'm standing for what I believe is right, which I think I'm so encouraged by this year because I see it's amazing to see people like I, I, I was so moved by this one picture that this is the sentiment that we need. Someone that says I have the shot and then the other one says I don't have the shot and they're holding hands and they say and we both believe in choice. Mm. Why can't we do that? And social media is the, I guess, the, the X factor because, you know, we, we are, these algorithms are really good at showing us what we want to see. Right. And, you know, cognitive dissonance is stronger than ever. So that's why I think it's important to have a, a variety of voices and a variety of types of people speaking their minds so mm-hmm. that people can get back to connecting with Oh, I identify with that. You know, they don't look like me. They don't sound like me, but we have common ground on this idea and and stop assuming what this person's package is. Yes, I like to use humor sometimes. Yes, it could be snarky sometimes. But at the same time, um, I think we need to shine a light on things. Are we going to change the world with our memes or our reels or, or all that or even our podcasts? No, but it's good to talk about things that are difficult. So many thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, I get very passionate and I have strong belief systems and I believe. So for me, just being fully candid, um, if I have a pressing on my heart where I feel that I, that God has burdened me, that's essentially my kind of true North is if I feel the burden from God that I should share something. So when I learned about liver and the risks of vitamin A and copper toxicity and whatever else, and knowing that children's liver don't grow until fully until age three, and there's a risk of getting toxic. I didn't want to share it because I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, pick this fight with our community. But I kept feeling it and I kept hearing it. And and I was finally like, okay, God, I will share. So I shared 
And I knew that I would get some people saying not so nice things, but I didn't think it'd be as bad as it was. So Facebook saw the image of me that I guess I looked at on one of my pages and then it kept showing it to me in all the places it was communicating. And then once in a while I'd go in as a human and they're just ripping me as a person, not about any of the content, right? That, And so that was where, and I'm grateful for that. It was a very hard time because I really wanted to go, that's not me. I'm not like that though, you know, but. I know it's so hard. Yeah. But, and I, for most of them, I just let it go. And, and in my hearts of hearts, I knew I was doing it for the right reason. And so I, and so I would go to bed reading scripture every night because that was the only way I could talk. Best way to do it. Best right. way to do it. Um, yes. It's okay. Yeah. I totally agree. And, um, but my heart was in the right place. So I have no issue bringing that up. <laughs> I didn't mean to get Terry. The okay. thing is like, so whenever I have that compassion and I know of some of my clients that struggle with the vitamin A or struggle with even adding some of the carbs because so-and-so doctors say to bring it in and it didn't make them feel well. I will advocate for advocate for those people. So that's where I think I agree. I think it's really important to share ideologies and thoughts. And I may be wrong one day, but I'm okay opening up about it and sharing a brand that, that I can go to bed and be like, I am me. And the most honest I could be to advocate for better health. <laughs> this is this is our livelihood, people. But it's not just our livelihood; it's our it's our passion. Like we, I quit my job for this. You know, like your your whole trajectory of your life changed because of your personal experience. You right. know, so so what what I what I wanted to circle back with you is that all of that I feel that God put it in my life to know because at the end of the day there is a part of me that's a people pleaser that I grew up wanting to be the best for my parents, be the best for my friends. And then as a community leader, same thing, right? I want to be the best so that I'm a good leader and that type of thing. But I think what God placed on my heart during that time with the liver and whatever else controversial things I may have brought up is that it doesn't matter what the average individual says to me. It's really where my heart is and my relationship with God. And that's when I knew the truth. And those are all that matter and everything else I don't know. And so in that moment, it just made me one solidify my relationship with God. And that was really good. And so that has brought a lot more peace in me and everything that's going on in the world. And that's why I don't worry about when people are like, what's going on with the world. It's like, it doesn't really matter, right? Be in the know, be smart about it. But at the end of the day, I trust God and the way that whatever will happen will happen. Like I pr- I'm a pretty strong individual, so I can deal with it. My husband was like, you are never going to put up content like that again, because I saw how much it hurt you. And I don't want, like, it's not worth it for to That's help people. Yeah. Right. Um, but you get so hurt. And I was like, but I needed to grow from this. So, but I can see the average influencer saying, well, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just never going to bring it up, right? Even celebrities, think about what happened with Nicki Minaj. She brought up just a question and then got so smashed about it. People making fun of her and real. And as much as she's famous, she's still a human. And oh, so yeah. ever since then, I've never heard her bring up anything. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but it's just, they're very good at silencing people. And so mm-hmm. I can see that's like my struggle. So it's, how do you share which you feel in that moment and what may be ethical and how you want to share about some of the stuff going on in society that hopefully will bring about change. But then also knowing that you get attacked. And at a certain point as a human, you're like, well, I'm not going to share information. If you guys are going to attack, you know, that hand that's feeding you might as well just not share. And then I don't have to deal with any of it, even if I know these certain beliefs. So how do you balance that? Well, I mean, look, I'm just going to have to, I'm, I'll take the religious arrows. I don't care. I'm this, I am so on the same page as you. It was phases, you know, like last year it was like, what's going on? And then, and then it was like the despair and, and the anger and the, and the constant being off balance. And, and I, it drew me near to God to the point where I was like, how was I really born again before because this is a whole different deal that's happening right, right now what yeah. i'm doing right now the, the way i'm walking this out right now is a whole different story and thank you for that thank you so much for that because right. everybody who's who's listening to this if you're someone who's in a position like us um examine your motives you know because there's a lot of 
um, vain and egotistical motives that that happen on both sides, whether you're trying to just not want to ruffle the feathers or if you want to become that feather ruffler, um, are you really doing it for the right reasons? You know, so that's where I'm not. That's where I'm at now. The the wicked, they flee at, you know, like at a shadow, you know, and the the bold are are, or the, the ones who are living righteous, you know, are bold as a lion. I know that based on the truth, what I find to be the objective truth, that I'm saying what I need to say, and I don't care what anybody thinks about that anymore. And that's an amazing feeling. At the same time, people need to watch what they're watching and what yeah. they're reading, because you may think that it's good for you to hear these opinions that agree with you every day. But then when you really examine them, how are they any better than the opposite? Find the people who are giving solutions. You're, you're, you're totally, you, you need to get somewhere where you can step out of the procrastination and cons- consuming, you know, consumption into doing something better. I see people who have, like us, but on a much grander scale, fallen though. Like it's fallen like canceled completely platforms gone like they can't even use um airbnb you know like you know things like that some of them decided you know what i'm gonna just go i'm gonna homestead i'm gonna live and i'm gonna create my own community Mm -hmm. now you're focused on the good the true and the beautiful you're focused on on creating you're focused on you know all the things that our modern lives are completely getting us away from like we we don't even look up you know we're always looking down we don't look up at nature we don't look up at the sky and like stand for what you know is right from a simplicity standpoint i'm following the 10 commandments you know like i'm not doing those things that i think even the most morally flexible person would agree there's certain things we shouldn't lie to people we shouldn't steal from people we shouldn't Mm -hmm. you know and, you know, those are things that can guide what you're doing. If you find that you, you think you're, you're, you're doing something right, but then you're doing, you know, all this stuff that's hurting humans, that's wrong. We need to stand, you know, firm, stand firm in what you believe in. You're always going to feel good about it if you're sure of your motives and you're happy with your motives. You know, th- this is what my husband says. So he doesn't have all the same. He's not as passionate in on some of the views that I have of the world. And so he's a good point of view for the other, I wouldn't say other, but just a more balanced point of view. Third, yeah, third set, second set of eyes. Yeah. The thing is with me, it's just certain things I'm going to, like, if people say it's the hill that you die on, it's the things I'm going to bring up again. If I, if I feel that burden on my heart and I keep feeling it, I will. And so I didn't talk as much about the parents getting the injection. I talked, I wrote a long blog post that gives you every single resource you need in terms of alternative, but, but I made it very, it's up to you. But with the kid one, I took an approach because that it's a lot more on my heart. I wish that the kids could make their own choices, but they're trusting their parents and it may not be the right decision. Right. So it's just, it's just these things. Um, and yeah, so I am thankful too that in the grander scheme of things, I'm thankful that I have read, been red pilled or whatever you want to call it, so that my kids are also in this homeschooling where they're all about the Socratic method and then wondering, right? Do you guys agree with that? Why do you think that's the way? Or why do you think that means that thing? And it's so wonderful because we put them in public school for like one week during the pandemic. And I heard some of the songs they were singing. And it was, don't talk unless the teacher talks to you. Don't yeah. raise your hand. I mean, it was, everything was like just teaching these kids to be obedient so the teacher can manage a group of people. And I just, I wanted out. So, um, yeah. and I'm so glad for the school that my son's in now. And um, everything, everything in life is about choices and make the choice, but understand that those choices are not, your opinion is is yours, but the outcome of of what you do is is you can't pick that. And so for me, when I was making you know a quarter million dollars a year as a medical mm-hmm. device rep, people would say, "Well, that's easy for you to say. You, you know, you make a ton of money. She can stay home, and you can you know put your kids in homeschool." And I said, "Well, if I made half this much, I would do this." And then I quit my job and I made a third as much. Yeah. You know, and it is a lifestyle decision, and I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, and I understand that culturally things are different now than they've been pretty much ever. But 
I'm right. still going to say, you know, everyone in this house is happy. No one is oppressed. And everyone in this house is on the same page. And it turns out that it works really, really well for us. Yeah. And, you know, instead of, you know, hating on it and thinking weird things, just maybe try it, you know, like for yourself and understand that it's it, it, it might work out for you, too. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about choices. We can pick the choices. We can't pick the outcomes, you know. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think people need and that's where I start with the diet, because if you get better on a ketogenic or carnivore diet or a diet that is not recommended by standard care, and then you feel better, you don't have the brain fog, so you can actually think for yourself. And then you start wondering, wait, why did my doctor get me on statins or have me on metformin or do all these things when a diet simply could have changed a lot of this outcome? And then maybe they'll start questioning everything else, right? So a lot of this belief system of why did we believe these things? Why did we think these things are true? Because it was written in a book. You know, like everyone, if you go to every country, everyone's history book is going to be different. And that's the part that was so eye opening for me in high school or college. As the new year's approaching, what are some general tips for people to get started? I know a lot of people still with the pandemic have some of the weight that they gain from it and are struggling to just get back into things. What are some tips for you to just start healing mentally, physically? I really, you know, speaking of the habit stacking, um, when I did that presentation last night, I really love. Checking out, uh, I recommend this book, Three Simple Things by Tom Shea. Okay. I love it because people desire to get their brains and they just want to feel like themselves again, you know? And a lot of us feel so different. But to do that, we have to think about things holistically. Mm-hmm. And so if we just think about these five areas, physical, spiritual, intellectual, relationships and business, how you add value to the world and how you derive value to the world. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are so financially unstable and, you know, we have to be disciplined. It all comes back to being disciplined as far as giving these other things what's due to them. And so when I say, you know, three simple things, it's really just a cool framework to look at it and and to do it now for sure. It's going to take a while. It's going to, it's why I thought Carnivore 75 Hard was so good. I'm going to run a 75 Hard in January with my, with my clients. Like the most important thing to me is, is it's spiritual, but it's also emotional, spiritual, intellectual is really getting a bead on your mind. The battle is in your mind. All of this, this, this battle that that's being waged, even whether on, on a spiritual, it's in your mind, you know, and you really have to um, go internal. And, and for me, it's been, I remember the first time I, I realized that being quote unquote aloof is not a superpower. Actually, it's terrible. <laughs> you either blow up or you have, you know, you either, you know, um, break down or you blow up. Right. And, you know, being able to go to those dark places, you're going to have to go through it. You're going to have to feel the pain and cry the ugly, ugly tears. If there's stuff in there, you're going to have to maybe even reset your perception of yourself mm-hmm. in light of all of this. We're all kind of a little traumatized with all that's gone on, you know? Right. And so you may find that you're a different person and it's time to really bring your perception of who you are in line with who you are now and be grateful for it because, you know, it's all part of the cool story. The best thing that people can do at the end of this year is spend one day at the very least alone all day, somewhere preferably in nature with no electronics, maybe with the pad and, you know, do what you do, pray, um, you know, Think about the things, think about where you are in your life and, and allow your brain and your mind to, to go further than just this issue that you got right now. That's just a symptom that you're overweight. You know, there's, you're going to find always, you're going to find that it's It's so much more beautiful on the other side. This is how I'm going to make sure that I'm kind of doing the right thing and that I'm consistently thinking about bigger picture things and not always being stuck in like right now. And that's going to be really, really hard when the money gets tight or when the cravings come on, but it's, it's so much more and you will feel 
you'll have to check yourself because you'll feel so superhuman that you'll be like, well, stay, stay humble, stay humble. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. These, these, you know, we say that, that adversity is so important and we, and we, we agree with it in sentiment, but when it comes to us, it is hard, Oh yeah. but it it's, it's so helpful. It's so, I wouldn't take any of this back. Drew Manning put something on today that was so awesome. And it just says a hundred percent. And then it's like, the amount of times you've gotten through your tough times, you know, hundred percent, you're still here, you know, go back. Like David Goggins says, go into that cookie jar. When David Goggins, like when he's like, you know, is running on broken legs and and don't forget that because when you're going through it, you're going to forget it. And when you're focused on, I did everything that I was supposed to do and it was for X amount of time and I still haven't gotten these results, get away from that part and go as slow as you got to go, but definitely take action. And if you're not happy where you are, you, you got to go, you got to start moving and put your head down and don't, don't worry about the mistakes that you're going to make because eventually it'll all work itself out. Just focusing on winning your days and whatever, and making those win the days based on your ultimate goals and what you believe is like your true happiness or your true North or whatever it may be to make it as if, if you were to die tomorrow, did you live a life worth living? And based on those belief systems and maybe spending that time alone will help you to figure that out. But then you make your day-to-day those daily wins. So if your goal is to lose weight so you can spend more time with your children or your loved ones, or you can live another day, then the weight goal makes a lot of sense. And then That's your why, yeah. Yeah. And then um, have daily goals based on that and not focus on all the noise that's out there to get us riled up, get us emotional and make us lose track of what we're trying to do on a day-to-day basis. And so, I mean, that's what I focus on is my five daily wins and, um, and just making sure I'm always authentic and real and vulnerable and sharing something that I can look at myself in the mirror and say, I was not just trying to make a sale, but I was honest and and I'm just trying to help my fellow neighbor get to better health in the most authentic way I can. And I'm human too. I'll make mistakes. Well, thank you so much. Um, I know you have a group program and I know those group programs are really helpful for people to, you know, feel like they're not alone. So, you know, where can people learn about your coaching? Um, I know you have a children's book coming out. Can you actually talk a little bit about um, what the children's book is about and where they can even get that? Yeah, I haven't even told you like the the, the no, the I'm ex- super so, excited. Oh, this is awesome! So my buddy Adrian, um, he approached me at the end of 2018 and told me about the oh. idea for himself. So he he wanted to take personal development mm-hmm. books and um and turn them into kids storybooks, mm-hmm. and I thought that was brilliant. Um, the only thing that I knew of was the Tuttle Twins, but the Tuttle Twins is like economics and um and philosophy. But there's no personal development books for kids. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this is this is the opposite of what's happening right now. I want to provide a solution for all these poor children who are their emotional development is being stunted because they're losing so many nonverbal cues and things like that. You know, and then we know, you know, you have to know how to deal with people in this world, you know. And so I, I was excited and I was giving him ideas and he's like. You know, after a few calls, he was like, why don't you write this with me? And I was like, I never thought of that. Amazing. So we we basically, it, the series is called Unexplainable Adventures. Oh. And um, yeah, and, and it's basically every book is going to follow a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the there is going to be a thread. And we, we took from the Marvel approach where you have this one person and you're building this universe. Um, and there is, you know, ways that we tie that thread along the books, but we pass it on the next, the protagonist of the next book is a, is a female. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this book, we basically our first book and we both agreed we had to do how to win friends and influence people. Um, and because at the very, very beginning of that book, he talks about this, like you need to understand how to interact with people, what battles to pick, you know, like you don't go on the first day. We actually use this as a, an analogy in the book. Because the principles of how to win friends and influence people, the way we're going to inculcate these into these children is through the protagonists, Mm. through the mentor um, character, through the antagonists as like what not to do. 
Um, and the illustrator was so cool because she had this idea of like, I'm going to make the protagonists have bigger ears because they're going to listen. And the, the, the bad guys have smaller ears. The cool thing about it is that you're going to see your typical um, and Robert Sykes read it. He loved it. Um, he gave me good feedback and I trust him more than anyone. I want that, um, you know, real feedback. Right. It's a very entertaining story. And we do it in a way that the children are going to, who are reading it. And that we're, I'm talking about probably the youngest is maybe 10, 11, mm-hmm. all the way up to maybe 14 and 15 because they're middle school kids. But we also wrote a, a workbook that we call the fun book. And the fun book has, you know, things that are going to help the parents really understand what these kids are, what these mm-hmm. children are learning. And number one, review the concepts of each, of each chapter and see that the child has it. And we have also, number one, at the beginning of the fun book, you have a commitment. I'm going to read this book in a month because I know I can do it. I know I have superpowers and I'm going to tell my parents about it because I can't have superpowers without my parents, you know, learning about this. Imagine this, Judy, like imagine these kids are going just to get a child to be more um, mindful of what they're doing. <laughs> is so huge because it's going to help them understand why they feel certain ways and it's going to help them be more responsive than reactive. And for me, being my first creative writing project was the most rewarding thing ever because they want to get on the email list, unexplainableadventures.com forward slash 99 cents. That's going to get you on the mailing list and that's going to get people because we want to get that thing in as many hands as possible at first for 99 cents. We want to get our reviews and and really just get the visibility up and, you know, we'll eventually release a, an edition with, with all of the um, illustrations that we want, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. That's exciting. Um, you know, my kids read nutrition books and they're like, mom, they say grains are good for you. And, you know, and it's just, I know, I know, or like, you know, they say eat well, and it, they're always holding an apple or a carrot and there's never meat around. So always. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And I think it's really important to start with the kids because, I mean, the mental health decline in so many kids, it's just so unfortunate. So, I mean, I applaud you for doing it. It's a, it's a lot of work publishing a book. Um, what about your community? So if people wanted to join your community program for um, the things you do. Yeah. I, I, I approach this with a very, very humble pricing strategy mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with underpaying me and has everything to do with not thinking that I'm the hot stuff that I need all this money. And if I do the good job that I want to do, I can raise my prices. So it's very reasonable. We have three different levels. Um, The first level is just the fat field physique membership, which is just going to be customized programs, training programs on the app for, um, you know, depending on how many days a week, what your current goals are. Um, So that's, and that gets, you know, every more, every month we go through a whole process of, uh, a uh, progression with these people then we have the plus has that but then we add meal plans and macros so i'll give that person a a sample meal plan for that month and i'll give them their macros and what what to do on week two three and four depending on certain things right um and then the vip is really i think the best value because that's a hundred dollars so that that second one is 50 and the vip is a hundred dollars and that one um, it has all those other things, but now we have those two monthly 30 minute coaching calls mm-hmm. where I get to present to people and talk about all types of stuff like I did last night that has nothing to do with nutrition and people need community now more than ever. People need accountability like they always have. And, um, and it's just so cool when you can go through it with the group that all that, that VIP level also has, you know, our, our telegram chat, you know, so where, they um, can ask, they have access to Maura and me on there. And it's crazy that in one month we've gotten, you know, like four dozen, four or five dozen uh, clients and we've gotten, you know, a couple dozen VIP clients already. That's um, fatfueled.family slash shop. So I will put all the information in your show notes. um, I mean, in the show notes. So thank you again for joining me today. And then where else can people find you? Your Instagram, Telegram, I mean, what other places can people find you? Yeah, so Instagram definitely is my number one, uh, dannyvega.ms. Um, they can email us at hello at fatfield.family or just go to fatfield.family. Um, that's where the podcast resides. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful time and it's always a pleasure catching up with you and, you know, yeah. and 
I love the conversations on and offline. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Judy, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Danny is always a pleasure to speak with. He always speaks a lot of truth. Sometimes it's not what we want to hear, but the things that we need to hear to get to healing. I hope that this is one more discussion to help you get to root cause healing. Okay, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys later. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.